Welcome to the Together We Care podcast with Jay Richters, where we talk about everything to do with care in Australia today. We are going to provide you with industry updates, interviews with carers, support workers and coordinators. Generally, the Together We Care podcast has been designed with you in mind. We would love you to hit the subscribe button and join us so you can continually stay up to date with what's happening in the industry today. So welcome to uh, welcome to the Together We Care podcast. Uh, today we have an amazing, amazing gentleman with me. It is David Chinden, and he is from Shifting Lives. And we are going to have a little bit of a chat about the independent living philosophy. So David, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, it's so great to have you here. And um, yes, tell me what your perspective of this independent living philosophy is all about. Ah, thank you, Jay. It's good to be here. Um, well, first of all, if you could read the um, bit, the little blurb that I had you bring up about that, that introduces the whole U.S. concept of um, <laughs> the independent living uh, philosophy, we can that gives it that'll give us a good start. All right. So, in um, I just did a, a little Google search for independent living philosophy USA. And it states in the Wikipedia, so the independent living philosophy postulates that people with disabilities are the best experts on their needs, and therefore they must take the initiative, individuality and collectivity in designing and promoting better solutions and must organise themselves for political power. Now, that's a big mouthful. <laughs> so that, that definitely, it sounds... Great, but it also is like, what the hell is that saying? <laughs> so really, let's um, let's let me simplify that. But this is really important, not just for people with disabilities, but any minority, and also for um, in regards to this situation, the elderly. Absolutely. So here's basically in a nutshell what that actually means: people with disabilities or people who are um somehow put down people who are depowered who don't have power what we really have is especially with disabilities and with the elderly we have other people tell you what to do other people set everything up in order to say this is how you do things the medical model very strongly pushes this your doctors make prescriptions your doctors say you can do this you can't do that and that's all there is to it mm -hmm. doctors are gods and we must follow their their um, holy writ <laughs> okay yeah. now that's that's really the standard model and even and even nowadays that quite a bit is still the standard model mm -hmm. okay so with the independent living philosophy, what that really says is everything that you are able to be responsible for, you have to take responsibility for mm. that, which you are not able to be responsible for somebody else helps you with, but you are still in charge of it as much as you're able to be. Oh, now that's still confusing. I'm sure. Okay. <laughs> so let me simplify it by giving you an example. And the first example is a person who is tetraplegic. That means they don't have, they have very little use of their arms and no use of their leg. 
So a person who's tetraplegic, they used to call it quadriplegic when I was young, mm. but a person who's a tetraplegic, they are, they've decided that they need to get up at seven o'clock tomorrow morning so that they can have their carer, get them out of bed, get them toileted, get them washed, get them dressed so that they can head out, you know, in their power chair or whatever, they can head out to do their, you know, to go and do their day that they have decided to plan to do tomorrow. Mm. The carer at oh five in the evening says, you know what? I'm going to go have coffee with Aunt Bertha tomorrow morning. So I'm not going to be until nine o'clock. Mm. And they leave. And the person, the tetraplegic person, suddenly goes, I can't do what I wanted to do because nobody's going to get me up until nine o'clock and I'm stuck in bed. Now, in the medical model, the nurse says, you know what? Can't come in until this time. You just got to deal with it. Mm. Okay. So suddenly your day is screwed because that person, they've decided they're going to do something else. Now, we don't accept that from our employees. If I have an employee and my employee, I tell the employee, you know what? Your report is due on my desk at nine o'clock tomorrow morning. And my employee says, I don't think so. I'm not going to turn in the report until the end of the week. Well, you've got problems as the employee. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, it's um, your problems could be anything from being written up or if you've done it multiple times, you're looking for a new job. Yeah. That's it. Okay. Well, the independent living philosophy says that's the same with your carer. Mm. The carer is there at the, at the behest of the person with a disability, not at the behest of the doctor, not at the behest of even the agency, if there is an agency organizing it. No, the purpose, the, the care is there for the person with a disability. So my job says I need to be there at seven o'clock. That means I need to be there at seven o'clock. If I'm not there at seven o'clock, I am fired. Okay. <laughs> and a new person, you know, if, if you're not there, I want you there at seven o'clock to get me out of bed, to toilet me, to wash me, to dress me so that I can go out to my important meetings or whatever I've got planned at nine o'clock. You had bloody well better be better be there at seven o'clock if I'm in a wheelchair mm -hmm. because if you're not <laughs> you're looking for a new job buddy mm -hmm. you're going to screw up one day of mine you aren't going to screw up any more than that that's it that's independent living philosophy so but what if we've got let's say the challenge that I have is oh let's say severe well let's say intellectual disabilities um, such that I cannot manage my finances. I cannot manage my life, i.e. whenever I get money, I immediately go out and I buy alcohol. Or I go out and I buy drugs. Okay. Legal, illegal, it don't matter. What happens is we then, as a society, say, nope, you're not allowed to do that because we need to keep a roof over your head. So you're, So you then do not have any control over your finances. All of your finances go to the, um, oh, what are they called? Mm, oh, well, um, your finances go over to, and I can't remember the name like of trustee it. Yeah, the trustee, yes, that's yeah, right, yeah. Queensland trustees. Yeah. 
your finances are shifted over to them and they manage your finances. Well, I was talking a couple years ago with a colleague of mine about independent living philosophy. And so he ended up setting this up with one of his clients. He was a financial, a financial um, counselor and really was helping this client out because the client was about to go to the trustee if they didn't get things straightened out. Mm -hmm. Well, the trustee, the um, client loved his drink. So what the person did, listening to what I said, the, um, this financial counselor helped the, um, you know, they figured out what the guy's budget was. And they said, okay, you've got enough money that we can either do a bender twice a week or a couple drinks every night. And aside from that, you know, because the rest of the money has to go to your care and maintenance, mm -hmm. but you do have enough money that you can do a bender twice a week or do a couple drinks every night. Person decided they wanted a bender twice a week. That lasted a week. <laughs> then they decided that they wanted drinks every night because that was more comfortable because it was too painful to do a bender twice a week <laughs> and have nothing for the rest of the time. Now, there's something that's starting to happen when you give the person who's struggling with the alcohol that choice. Mm -hmm. You're actually giving them choice. The person had to choose, do I have a bender twice a week or do I have a couple drinks every night? That person chose a bender twice a week. It didn't work. <laughs> so they switched to a few drinks every night. Now, they've made a choice. Mm -hmm. Making choices automatically starts to empower you despite yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so what happened about two months later, or three months later, something like that, the person decided that he wanted to go down to Sydney to meet this lady who he had um, been communicating with. So his um, counselor, his financial counselor then said, okay, well, if you want to go down to Sydney, when do you want to go down? Okay, now here's what we can manage for when you want to go down. You would have to go to one drink a night, except we could do like two, two or three drinks on one night, but then you got to go to just one drink a night in order to save up the money so that you can take your trip to Sydney. Mm -hmm. Amazingly, the person did it. Mm. And the person actually managed to get their trip to Sydney to go sit, to go meet the lady. Now that's the last I heard about that particular case. Mm. But the point is a person who was alcoholic, severe alcoholic, could not manage their own finances, ended up making the choices that allowed them to take a trip to Sydney. Absolutely amazing. And that's the power of the independent living philosophy. It's all about slowly building that self-empowerment. Mm. Now you can do the same thing with seniors. You can do it with anyone. You start with the choices that people can make. You don't go more than that because they're gonna screw it up. Well, great. You want them to screw it up. We need to screw it up. The rest of us, we make bad choices. <laughs> That's it. And, you know, I make bad choices. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> so why are we saying that these people are not allowed to make bad choices? What makes us God? Mm. 
or goddess or one of the gods, you know, depending on your beliefs. Mm -hmm. I don't care. But what makes us that holier than thou? that we can say you don't have the right to make those basic choices and to start learning how to make other choices. You don't have the right to make a poor choice and to suffer the consequences of that poor choice, but in a way that you can learn from it so you can start making better choices. Mm -hmm. Choices, And when I say better, I don't mean better as in what I think is a better choice. Mm -hmm. I mean better as in what works better for you. I think it's just um, that that just like explains it so perfectly. And the examples that you give really ring true to me because I've experienced this in my own um, in my own business and my own care um, where, you know, people are, you know, they're caring for their older parent and they might have a drinking problem and, you know, they're really wanting to try and, you know, protect and care for them. So they take their rights away, which is that they want to have a drink. Right. But then it's like, but then on a Friday afternoon, they'll come home and, you know, open the wine or do whatever it is that they're doing. And it's like, well, how can you have that choice? Right. But take that choice away from somebody else. Right. It's like we all make choices. We all make mistakes. And if they're good choices or bad choices, it really doesn't matter as long as we're allowed to make those choices. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And learn from them. Right. Yeah. Which yep. is exactly what this is all about. Yes. That's exactly it. Yeah. I think, um, I think, think that that is absolutely like you've just absolutely nailed it on the head and I think the night that you actually explained this to me I was so um I was so buzzing because I'd just been at my event but I was taking what you were taking uh saying to me and taking it in and I was like I have to get you on this podcast <laughs> and I want I want this information to get out there um so yeah thank you so much for putting that into uh I guess more basic terms for more people to understand because some of the language can be quite complicated out there when explaining these things and the way that you've explained and then provided those um those yeah those those real life experiences it sort of gets it into your mind and really makes you realize that hang on we really do have to get these people to start making their own um, informed decisions that they can make and mm -hmm. support them through that right and yeah. i'm allowed to make poor choices absolutely everyone is allowed to make poor choices mm. you know everyone has to suffer the consequences we can lessen the consequences to a certain extent mm. but i do have to be allowed to make those choices and even and especially as an older adult you know i spent my life making those choices Mm, so now you take those choices away from me what does that make me mm, yeah you know and of course as kids as adult children we want to protect our parents and we take it we take it way too far just like with kids we want to protect our kids and we take it way too far mm. and i can't and I'm a family therapist. I work with families and I can't tell you how many families are control are trying to control their kids so diligently, so hard because they want to protect their kids from the mistakes that they made mm. that the kids, when the kids become adult, they say, mom, dad, F off. You'll see me in about 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what happens when we try to control too much. Yes. Yeah. 
you know, when we're working with children, by the time we hit teenage years, it's no longer about controlling them. And I don't care what choices they're making. We've got to negotiate with them. Well, it's the same thing with the parents. We've got to negotiate with the parents. And that's, you know, on the family therapy side, I can help you on both of those aspects, how to negotiate with your children and how to negotiate with your parents. That's something that's easy to do, but we've got to get past our own stuck points. This is the way things are. This is the way things have to be. Well, for you, in your head, absolutely. For everybody else, you can go F off. Yep. <laughs> I love and, your honesty, David. I just love it. <laughs> because that's what you say to anybody else who tells you that you must do something this way. In your head, you tell them to go F off. Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. So thank you so much, David. Um, I just really, really absolutely love spending this time with you this afternoon. Um, would you like to tell the listeners how they can actually um, get in touch with you? Absolutely. My yeah. website is Shifting Lives, all one word, but S-H-I-F-T-I-N-G, Shifting Lives, L-I-V-E-S, dot com dot A-U. My email is david at shiftinglives.com.au. So you can reach me through either of those two. Well, through the, like I said, through the website, you can see all about the company and you can reach me through the email. Fantastic. Thank you so much, David. I really, really appreciate your time. And um, I'm sure all the listeners of this podcast are really, really going to get, get some um, super duper value out of that because it really does put the uh, put it in a whole new perspective. And, and I think um, for the people that do listen to that, they'll really take this on board and they really will actually start to shift the way that they are actually um, either caring for their clients or even looking after their children or even their elderly parents. Absolutely. So and thank you. Yes, you're welcome. No worries. Thank you so much. I'm going to uh, I'm going to have to end it there. But thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. Together we care. Um, absolute pleasure, and I look forward to hopefully interviewing you again sometime in the near future. Thank you very much, Jay. And no worries. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. This is the Together We Care podcast, and I'm Jay Richters. Thank you so much for stopping by. So the Together We Care podcast has been created to assist in the transformation of the Australian care industry so that we can end up helping workers and clients get a far better deal.